we're back (laughs) (laughs) we're back i'm caroline and i'm megan and this is the the songwriter diaries (laughs) today we have a very special episode with one of my oldest friends nicole miller um we grew up in iowa together at the same high school my high school was getting such talented people we also had oh my god seriously lily detay um Dang. I and and Nicole Miller and me, if anybody thinks I'm talented. I think you're um, talented. Which depends <laughs> on the day for me, but um <laughs> we got all these people. Um and it was so good to talk to her. She is the best and so wise. She's so and, sweet and so talented and so wise. Yeah, she's incredible. And we can't wait to see what she does mm-hmm. um in the next year. And I mean in the next lifetime, but absolutely but i feel like the next year for her is going to be huge yes yes so excited um also we relaunch our patreon and we are going to be more present on there or at Mm -hmm. least that is our goal and i'm speaking it here so it holds us accountable (laughs) into being yes and i have a single coming out next week Ah! in a week from tomorrow when you're listening to this mm-hmm. the 22nd of february and i'm thinking about leaking it on patreon so for all of our patrons um so if that's something you'd be interested in head on over to our patreon and also just to support us yes and meg will release their music as well yes um, absolutely all of these links will be in the show notes as well so scroll on your phone or wherever you're listening and click the join patreon link to join the patreon family <laughs> it's very self-explanatory and it's, it's very easy five dollars a month it so is cheap less than your coffee because Literally i know you less are getting coffee anywho enjoy this week's episode with nicole miller hello so oh hello <laughs> hey, how y'all doing <laughs> oh we are so good oh we today have on the lovely nicole miller to talk about her songwriting and her musical journey thus far so nicole so excited hey thanks for having me you guys how fun oh my gosh we're so so glad to have you yes so so where are we all right now is everybody are you in colorado megan i am yes and caroline you're here in nashville are you back in des moines right now I'm in Nashville. Okay, nice. Yep. yep. And you're so, in Nashville, Nicole. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love it. In my lovely, really messy, totally hiding all of the garbage from my last two rights on the table behind me. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Yeah, Nicole and I go way back. Friends yeah. since high school. I know. It's in been all the choirs fun. together. Seven, eight years now? Yeah. No, we graduated high school in 2016. Oh, I don't, don't hate So it's been like 10 years. It's been like 10 (laughs) years. We've been friends for like 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. I love that. (laughs) Now you live in Nashville with me. Yes. And we're both so busy. We hardly get to see each other more than (laughs) we did when we lived in Iowa. I know. Yeah. But it's fine. You know? You can just I'm glad we say get love you. Mm-hmm. Me too. Well, I'm really excited to hear all about your journey as a musician, and I'm ready to dive in. So 
Why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the music industry? Yeah. So, um, uh, like Caroline said, we've known each other for a while. We're both from, um, West Moines, Iowa, and my parents are actually in kind of a rock and roll R and B band. Um, and they were, and they've been in a few different ones all the time that I was growing up. Um, and when I was, gosh, I mean, young, like, let like 10 and under kind of situation, my parents had a, um, band that they were in that would practice in our basement. And I just remember growing up, putting my ear to the floor when they were, I was supposed to be asleep, but I would be in the top floor of the house, you know, falling asleep on the bathroom floor with my ear up to the vent, trying to listen and, um, to my mom sing. And my dad was a guitar player. And I just remember deciding like, oh, my parents are rock stars. So I want to be a rock star. And I wanted to learn to sing like my mom um, and ended up doing a lot of community theater um, and semi-professional theater growing up and studying opera, like doing everything I could to just get as much music as I could, you know, go, get home from school and I just sit in front of the piano and write and sing and just try to figure out what I liked so much about music and be able to put it to words, I guess. Um, because I think before I figured even the writing aspect of music out, I knew that there were, you know, you listen to things, there's some things you like more than others. Yeah. Um, and so I'd sit and try to copy, you know, artists like Sarah Bareilles and other people like that yes. and just learn how, I know, she's great, uh, vocal <laughs> acrobatics, you know, like just trying to learn all that stuff until I finally was like, you know, I think I would like to find my sound. Um, which led me into writing and had kind of, after studying music for that long, had to kind of make the decision, do you want to do professional musical theater and move to New York? And, you know, I, I, as much as I respect opera, I had also been doing that at the time and I, I respect it, but it wasn't, I knew my heart wasn't in it. Um, which really led me down to the path of maybe I can make a job out of this songwriting thing. So I uh, applied for Belmont University here in Nashville, went to Belmont for a hot second, just a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love before, that. Yeah, it was great school. Seriously, great school, great people. I learned so much there. Um, but I kind of had been spending time there writing and I'd started missing class to go um, into sessions here in Nashville and was dealing with some health stuff at the time. and just had kind of had this, well, I've done a lot of classical training. I took as many music business classes as I could on the front end um, and made the decision to drop out and just chase the writing and artist thing full time. And I've been lucky enough to get to do that. So it's been, you know, I think I've kind of had my eye on the prize ever since I was like <laughs> eight, nine years old. Um, but I think I'm still shocked sometimes that I get to do it as a job. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of felt like a game, but in some ways it's, you know, they always say, do what you love and hope to call it work. So I'm really blessed to be able to do that. Ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> um, I have a question, follow-up question with that. Are you signed with any publishers or anything? Not right now. So I, I'm currently taking meetings, but um, Ooh. I... I think the thing is, 
you want to find your champion, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when I find that person, I think we'll both know and it will be. And I've had some wonderful people that have championed me to get in those rooms and mm -hmm. uh, vouched for me and my craft. And I think it'll happen when it's supposed to happen, if it's supposed to happen. Um, otherwise, I'm just, you know, I've got a couple cuts coming out this year that we're hoping to hear some radio time and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'll just get into those rooms and write with the people that will take me in the meantime and just try to write the best songs I can and hope for the best, you know? I love that. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, wait, are these cuts your songs or cuts for other artists? Other artists I will be okay. releasing too. So Okay, good. Um, it's kind of that, you know, I'm walking that line of writing for other people and really pouring time into especially specific artists that I really um, believe in and just love as people. I mean, that's the best part of this business, right, is the people and the connection. Um, yeah. But I also haven't, you know, it's been a couple of years since I put out music on my artist project mm -hmm. and I'm excited. We spent the last two years really figuring out what that's going to sound like and grinding into that sound deeper and deeper. And I feel like now I've got some of the songs we're getting them recorded, you know, got a few of them tucked in my back pocket. So we'll begin releasing those this year too. So we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Me so too. this goes into another question because I've talked to you about this before. Yeah. Obviously not recorded, but would you consider yourself more of a songwriter or an artist and why? You know, publishers ask that a lot. Mm. And I think in some ways, I've never really latched on to one answer to that question mm -hmm. because I truly believe that the songwriters that I know that are craftsmen that truly don't have any desire to put the songs out themselves, but know how to paint a musical moment in time are also artists, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, but yes. it's, I think it's the thing about that is those people who are such good craftsmen and can get in there and lend their talents to any song and any genre and, you know, really say for that artist, help them pull out what they want to say. It's, they have this ability to just take all the ego out of it and say, what can I do for you? And here's my story. All I can do is help you and relate to you my story let's let tell me your story i'm going to tell you mine and we're going to see what we can make together right um and i think the best way that i can think to answer that is how much i love that piece of it because mm -hmm. i love getting to know other people and hearing their stories and empathize and say oh i understand where you're coming from and this thing happened and really get to the heart of what that artist wants to say and i think sometimes the heart of what I want to say isn't necessarily something that, you know, Caroline, you have music out. Like maybe there's stories that would not be authentic to you that I feel like I need to tell. And then, you know, you're not going to put that song out. So in some ways, I feel like whatever services the song is how I'd answer that question. Um, because I know, you know, I deal with an autoimmune disease and I think that's something important to talk about because 
people can feel alone in that. And I think somebody needs to sing those songs and write those songs. And I feel like it's my job to do that, you know, because somebody's got to do it. But I don't know that Luke Combs is going to go on the radio and sing about that if that's not his truth. Um, so in some ways, I think it depends. I like to say that I will put on whatever hat serves the song. And I think so many of my favorite artists also do that for other writers with other writers. Yeah. I mm. love that answer because I think too, like it just comes from how genuine it is, you know, of like, I, if I released a song about an autoimmune disease that I don't have, that's totally ingenuine, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not experiencing that I'm living through your experience and singing it. And I don't know what I struggle with is like, with songwriters that want to get their songs heard but don't have the artist platform to get them heard mm -hmm. it's like how do you find the right artist to sing that song if you're writing from your own genuine experience how do you find that person right and I think so much you know Nashville has really gone I, I can't speak to you know LA New York Atlanta any of those places as well as Nashville since I've lived here going on six almost seven years um but i know that nashville had kind of been in this phase where people weren't taking outside songs you know you mm -hmm. weren't i wasn't going to be able to walk into a room and say hey i wrote this song by myself and i want carrie underwood to cut it maybe but those mm -hmm. songs were i mean to get one to slip through the cracks and really like that song would have to be the song of the century mm -hmm. you know which is great i mean great um and it does happen and i think we're starting to see it again more um people are less afraid to cut outside songs now because you know they always say may the best song win mm -hmm. um, but now you're seeing a lot more of artists in the room with other writers saying hey here's my story help me tell it the most authentic way i can because i think listeners and consumers even if they can relate to songs you can still kind of tell the difference and discern whether it comes from an authentic place and these big artists that's why they get big is because they're giving so much of themselves and it's authentic and genuine to them and i think without that big piece they wouldn't be who they are so absolutely yeah, I don't know. I love the idea of outside songs and all that too. And but I think it's just interesting how much we see, especially with things like TikTok now, where anybody has access to putting their own music out too. The platforms have all just changed so fast, and I think there will be a big curve in how things change from song-wise in the next few years, and what that process looks like from the label side on the back end as well. Yeah, I yeah. that's such a good point too cuz I'm thinking about working for a label but in publishing and seeing the songwriters on every song. Yeah. And seeing like 10 writers on a song but the artist is always a writer. I it's very rare that the artist won't be a writer unless it's mm -hmm. a cover. Mm -hmm. So it's there's not those outside songs that are coming through. Right. I think like they used to, especially well, back in like the 60s and 70s. Anyway, I mean sometimes what happens is a song will be written and pitched to the artist 
And the artist says, here, let me just change a few things. Mm-hmm. And then their name is on that song, even if they weren't in the room at the first time. But I mean, in some ways, those songs would not be able to be delivered the way that they are delivered without that artist playing an integral role. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, that's a hot topic. I know yeah. that's like one of those button <laughs> button <laughs> topics for people where you know i have mixed feelings on that but i've done it i've been in um rooms for big artists that i've never met to -hmm. try to write for their records coming out and who knows if those songs will get picked up you know they they put you in these rooms and they say all right here's what we're writing for here's the people you're writing with and this is what this artist wants good luck you know and, and then do they get a writing credit on it? Like, will they see it and maybe change a word and then get 10% or whatever? You know, a lot of that <laughs> is covered by NDAs is what I've learned a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. I have yeah. yet to discover. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you know, you hear about ghost writers where yeah. they're getting paid out on the song and their name's not on it. Or, mm. you know, or that, like you said, that's why you've got... 10 plus writers is who knows i know in some places they don't do this so much in nashville but in some places they'll um they'll count words and it's like oh well Mm -hmm. i need my 2.4 percent split because um i had this line and this line and so then everybody has their little portions on the song Mm -hmm. in nashville we're like oh there's two people in the room okay 50 50 split let's go (laughs) everybody's happy you know but it's interesting yeah that is interesting oh my god (laughs) yeah counting words wow i know i can't i mean i know i've spent some time in la and had i've never seen it firsthand where they're counting words or anything like that but i remember i don't think i'd ever seen a split sheet in person (laughs) and then i went there and was like whoa yeah okay right (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's so interesting because yeah i i also have and maybe this is just my own personal beef, but if I see more than five writers on a song, I instantly think it's less genuine. Like, I don't know, because I'm like, okay, it took you this many people to figure out what you were trying to say, but what actually are you saying? Like, I'm curious what you have to say as an artist. Um, But I think that's also like my kind of issue, like with co-writing too, just in general. Like I I struggle with co-writing because I want to tell my own story so yep. if I'm co-writing for a song that I'm going to release, I struggle. If I'm co-writing for someone else, I love it. But if it's for me, I'm like, but this is me. Like, this yeah. is genuine. So I think that's interesting to hear those perspectives on it. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, you know, most of the people that I write with when I write for myself as an artist are people that have become my best friends. Yeah. Because in mm-hmm. order to get that authentic hey, this is my story kind of sound, you have to be able to lay it all out on the table. And it's scary as, I don't know if we can curse here. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. What kind of podcast is this? No. (laughs) We're not child friendly. You know, it's like, I feel like you walk into these rooms and I've been in rooms that, you know, I've been set up in and as where I'm the artist and I don't know the other people and I walk in and it's like, all right, 
here is all the shit that has been weighing on my heart lately. Here you go. Nice to meet you. Let's write a song. And by the end of it, we're all drinking whiskey and crying, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's also the best part of it. And I think that's in some ways why I have less of a hard time calling it work (laughs) because it is heart work, you know? Mm -hmm. You gotta be Mm. able to connect with other people and listen and empathize and sometimes i think the best songwriters are the ones who are better listeners than they are at speaking because they can pull things out of you you know um and that's the you know i don't know that's just the bread and butter to me is i think the best co-writers are the ones who can be like hey let's just hang out like we're best friends and let me let me help you tell this story in the most authentic way possible i love that it's just all finding i think it's finding who you write well with you know because i'm the same way sometimes i'll um i mean i usually write every night by myself whether it's just like a couple lines and i don't ever touch it again but you know just keep that muscle going and um sometimes those things pour out where you get the start of a song and it's like hey you know i've got like three or four friends that i've got on speed dial that i'm like hey i had this idea what do you think about this blah blah blah, blah. how would you take it blah, blah blah you know and really just doing whatever serves a song i think is always personally my think way of thinking is whatever serves that song is the way to go <laughs> yeah. yeah oh absolutely especially being in so many rooms with so many different people i think i i hope that like everyone would feel the same way and what's yeah what serves the song and and putting ego aside yeah and I mean you can see when it I think everybody in the room knows when it isn't like that yeah (laughs) and you just have this kind of it's easier to get stuck Mm -hmm. you get people talking over each other and Mm -hmm. I'm like if y'all can't tell it takes me eight years to answer one question (laughs) because I have a horrible ADHD and (laughs) so I have to kind of figure out what I'm trying to say but the same thing is with songwriting you know I'm like Mm -hmm. if you have everybody trying to talk over each other the whole time I'm in the corner going I have no idea what's going on yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm like okay I just you know I'm just gonna need a minute (laughs) and so I found that the best people for me to work with at least for my artist project are people who can not only speak and share what and empathize but are also not afraid to just take a step back and say okay i don't know what we're saying anymore just talk tell the story how do you feel (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah um do you have any advice for songwriters who are looking to co-write more oh yes (laughs) i mean i i can think of what people told me when I first moved to town because I didn't know anybody here. I had one uh, professor at Belmont University that I had known when I was in Grammy Camp LA who was like my emergency. If you pop a tire on the side of the road, you give me a call. And he was the one person I knew and he's a great, great, great guy. But um, I didn't know anybody. And so I think at the beginning of that, it is just finding out like writing with everybody that you can never saying no to an opportunity and not being afraid to put yourself out there like that because Mm. if you're not co-writing as much to you know it's almost easier when you're starting out at the beginning because you have nothing to lose 
-hmm. you can walk into these rooms and be so authentically yourself. It's like talking to a stranger at a bar. You can tell them your deepest, darkest secrets because they're like, well, I don't ever got to see them again if I don't want to, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think just being unequivocally a, a f yourself, just going for it and asking people to get coffee. Like I, mm. a lot of times I really like to, you know, most of these sessions as I've gotten further into being in Nashville longer, I think now I'm being set up on more of these sessions that I don't necessarily know the people before. And you just kind of have to dig on them on the internet and stalk them and see, Hey, this is what they sound like. This is what they like, you know, where are they from? Um, but it, when I get the chance, and especially when I know I'm writing for myself as an artist, I like to go get coffee with whoever I'm writing with mm. and keep that friendship and connection there because I truly think that the better you get to know somebody, the more authentic your storytelling is with them. Mm. Um, so just getting to know as many people you can and finding what fits. You can also have two great writers or three or four or whatever in a room who are all fantastic songwriters and it just might not gel together. And that is okay. That does not mean that you suck. Oh, yeah. It just means that maybe there's just something in the room that is not working that day or you, you can try it again, or maybe that's just not a good combination, but you're all fantastic writers. Maybe you all have the same strengths and mm -hmm. you need to find somebody whose strengths are different than yours to balance you out. And that's okay. So I think half of it is, uh, meeting a lot of people and not being afraid to do that and not being afraid to say that you don't know and learn from all of those people because you can learn something from everybody mm -hmm. mm, well said um, yes so true I yeah like if you get tired so long-winded if you get tired of the songwriting thing you should be a life coach just yeah honestly <laughs> I mean I hope I hope you don't get tired of the songwriting thing but oh. I'm just saying I'm like sitting here I'm like tearing up I'm like yeah you're right oh, <laughs> yeah everything's okay everything's gonna I think be fine a lot of the times I know how I feel it's just like getting I'm like circling around the point ah finally there it is <laughs> so yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody'd want to listen to me talk that long, but I appreciate that. No, I love it. I love yes. it. Also, I was gonna say that you were my person in Nashville that I knew because oh, you remember yeah. when I uh, got that uh, thing stuck in my car and I had to call you and about <laughs> Victoria to come help. Yes, I totally Aww, forgot about that. That's so I bought something off what Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we, I have a hatchback, luckily. That so we got it all figured out. She got there and was like, this is not going to fit in my car. And it was literally, I, and I couldn't just leave it because it was stuck in my car and I couldn't get it out, but I couldn't close the door to my car. And I was like, I can't just drive with the door open to my car. So I called Nicole and her you know and what? Victoria came, but. I was so glad that you did because yeah. it's hard to ask for help sometimes. And mm. I don't know. I, I feel like as a Midwesterner, you could, as a Midwesterner, yeah. Yeah. yes, you can probably relate to this. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. let me help you. That's my yeah. love language. Let me yeah. show you how much I care. I was like, we get to go help Caroline with yes. something, you know? So well, Nicole literally <laughs> just picked up and said, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was calling because I fucked up. Yeah. Um. Um, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your good friends are the ones that 
will let you sit in jail for a few hours to think about what they've done before they bail you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. a little a little lesson learning there. <laughs> yes. <Where am> I? <laughs> so you've been in Nashville almost seven years. Yeah. What is your favorite and least favorite thing about Nashville or the music scene specifically here? I think my most favorite thing is the people. But also my least favorite thing is the people. <laughs> no. <laughs> my most favorite thing is definitely the people. And, you know, I think you really have to love songwriting and music. And <laughs> you have to love it so much that you don't think there's anything else that fills your heart. Otherwise, if you don't, go choose something easier to do. Because otherwise it'll spit you up. <laughs> or it'll ch you what did people say it'll eat you up and spit you out see ADD here we are. <laughs> but I think my least favorite thing is just like any workplace or school you know anything like that is people can get a little clicky I think you know you get your people who are like oh I'm gonna write these bro country songs with these guys and we're gonna write these super indie pop songs with these people and like that's all great when it's so genuine and most of the time nine times out of ten it is but um they always say you move up with your crew and I guess I mean Caroline you knew me in high school but I've just always kind of been like maybe a little defiant when it comes to clicks and mm -hmm. You know, just wanted to be friends with everybody. And I think sometimes people can get stuck in this whole, I'm going to write with these people and these people are going to be my friends and I'm going to eat, live, and breathe that. When it's like, okay, but are you missing out on maybe some great connections of just heart mm. connections even? Like if you're not, if you are satisfied in your heart with those people around you all the time, that's one thing. But mm. I think the worst thing that I see is when people feel like they can only write with their crew and only hang out with their crew. And it's like, man, y'all are really missing out on getting to know some really wonderful people. So mm. that being said, the people are still my favorites part because they're likely to also welcome you into that click. You know, it's not like some kind of, oh, you can't sit with us kind of thing. It's just, it's just like anything else, but I think I've always been kind of defiant on the whole click thing. Like, you know, we can all just sit and drink beer together. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true too. And I, I definitely, even just visiting Nashville a couple times and being a Nashville outsider, like I, that that's, I can definitely see how that can become a thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe that's even just in any music city. Um, like that's yeah well said <laughs> yeah thank you yeah I mean and sometimes I can see why you know because you find the people sometimes it's natural right. and you find the people you work well with and you know but I've always thought it was funny because in some ways I think my um inability to adhere to that way of thinking <laughs> has almost set me behind because mm -hmm. I refuse to just stick to one group of people and not go try to learn other people's hearts you know so yeah. I'm like, great like if I'm still getting great songs with those people and just really enjoying hanging out with those people I'm always gonna do that but I just think 
people can get a little stuck in their ways as with most things. And I'm sure I do too. So I can't even sit here and be a hypocrite about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is just funny though. I think it's you, like you said, most music cities, mm -hmm. but also probably if we were working in a corporate office, we would feel the same way. Yes. So, yeah. so I true. think too, it's so hard to get into or get out of the mindset of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like people find mm -hmm. something that works and then they just stick with it even though there's so much more opportunity to learn and grow, but they're just fine with being in the same space because it's safe and it's comfortable and they know that they're going to get a good song out of it. Yeah. So, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for women songwriters and artists trying to navigate the country genre? Mm. Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> I think, and you know, I do a lot of the country pop thing. So sometimes I, I hate to say that I get pigeonholed specifically as a woman, but I went through a phase when I first started calling myself a pop country writer where an artist where I thought, oh, everybody hears one sound where they think of that in their head. And I almost convince myself that I had to fit that mold of what they thought a pop country singer songwriter should sound like mm. and I was chasing what was on the radio already and just trying to adhere to the standard <laughs> that is so high <laughs> for specifically women in country music um, who really only get 15% of radio time which is still such a problem. It's gotten a little bit better. You know, I'm a part of a group called Song Suffragettes here in Nashville that um, has really helped to fight that. And Martina McBride has leaded some big changes in uh, women on country radio. Uh, but I think the best advice is just to not give a shit about any of that. Like, seriously, I if if I could tell myself then what I know now, I would have stopped worrying so much about what's on the radio right then and just wrote what I wanted to write because I have found so much more success in not giving a flying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I being, need that on a shirt right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, it's like, why apologize for what you have to say? I think that's mm -hmm. what women have been taught for so long is to apologize for themselves and it's you know i i have been in the stereotypical rooms where you have to you know i've been and everybody has in their mind what mm -hmm. that one situation where they can be taken advantage of in the music industry and it doesn't happen you know it luckily to me it has not happened a ton but it has happened and being willing to stand up for yourself and not give a shit how you sound and just be yourself, I think goes so much further than apologizing for who you are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. And men don't yes. have to apologize for anything. Mm -hmm. It is so angering. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it they don't have the same expectations in terms of like genre. As you were saying, you hear women on the radio and you're like, okay, this is the sound that I need to be on the radio. Yeah. And I feel like men men don't think like that because they're like, I'm going to get on the radio anyway. You know, yeah. I'm whoever. 
Right. I guess once you're already at that point too, and it's, it's so, I've been really lucky to meet some really great guys in this town mm -hmm. who care a lot about, you know, I write with a lot of men who are really willing to go, how do you think as a woman, dot, dot, mm -hmm. dot, you know, or how do you think period? Not as a woman, just like as a human being, what do you think about this? I value mm -hmm. your opinion. I respect you. And I think my standard is so high for the, for men now because of the great few that I do have in my life where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to take shit from any of the ones who aren't worth that time because I have those few great ones mm -hmm. that remind yeah. me that I can do whatever the hell I want to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and they'll so, vouch yeah. for you. Too, yeah. You know, I and, mean, I hate to say it, but it's like, it's so hard when like you want to be able to stand up for yourself and vouch for yourself, but in such a, you know, bro community, it's so hard like to insert yourself and stand up for yourself. So it's good to have those good men that are like, oh, you won't listen to women, but you'll listen to me and saying that this isn't okay, mm -hmm. which is just, it's shitty, but it's like, it's good to have those people in your corner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do hear, you know, I've been lucky that I haven't been hit by that too much. Mm -hmm. Specifically, I think because I also have been pursuing the artist side, but I also don't really, I mean, there's very specific types of different kind of country songwriting, I think. And mm -hmm. I don't write as much of that like bro country yeah. stuff on the radio because I, I think I just realized like that is not me. <laughs> you know yeah well, I also don't think any woman is a writer on those songs because you hear them and you're like no woman listened to this before it was released like this is horrible like Sometimes. this is so bad you know I, I do have a, a few friends who are professional songwriters that are writers who specifically love writing that kind of music and they mm -hmm. are great hangs and I know that's the few people that I'm thinking of that I know that do that have had to fight really hard to get mm -hmm. into those rooms. Mm. But I think with this younger generation of people, you're not seeing it as much as, you know, it was stigmatized a lot more two, three generations ago. I think men are more willing to go specifically men who want to write honest empathetic songs mm -hmm. maybe yep. that's some of it's on the radio some of it isn't but i think those men are also more willing to go yeah i might need a woman for this maybe mm -hmm. there's a gap here that i am not able to fill with my perspective and i think the men mm -hmm. that i think men sometimes get a bad rap not i'm believe me i'm not defending them <laughs> <laughs> i think i will defend the ones that care in ways that remind you that there are still men out there that care mm -hmm. about that in this industry because I've been really blessed to have some great ones around me but like you said there's also the not so great ones mm -hmm. but I think the good thing is people are really coming around to that idea of that is not okay <laughs> yeah. and it's finally working its way into the industry I think it's mm -hmm. less obvious the ways that women get discriminated against now than it used mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. you yeah. know which in some yeah. ways it's not necessarily great it's still happening but it's so much better than it used to be mm -hmm. so um, yeah definitely yeah and the people that are 
very sexist are probably starting to die out. So yeah, not that I wish death on anybody, but I'm, you know, uh, that's <laughs> a lie. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> do wish death on a couple of people. That's oh just a straight God. up lie. Um, oh. Anybody who's going to be like, who let her talk about this in an interview? <laughs> Somebody strike that. Lord. <laughs> uh, which song that you have written for yourself or for someone else are you proudest of and why? Oh. Hmm. Lord. I have some that are coming out this year that there's a song that I'm going to release. Honestly, I thought I was going to release it like this week, but I have been sick with some sinus stuff for the last literally month and a half. And I kind of, you know, ended up pushing all that back, but there's a song that I'm about to release that I wrote by myself that I'm really proud of um, because it was my first time that I think I really understood the value in just telling the truth. <laughs> mm. Um It's basically the song's called tell you everything. And it's just essentially a diary entry and, it's kind of a love song, but a lot of the verses is just a laundry list of things that I just needed to get off my chest about myself. And I never plan on showing it to anybody. Um, and I did show it to somebody and they're like, just put that on Instagram. Just do it. Just see what happens. If you don't feel comfortable with it two or three days from now, you can take it down. Okay. Ended up putting it out there. And the response that I received on that song was strong and it was stronger than anything I'd seen before with any of my other music. And, um, I ended up getting a call, um, from ASCAP saying, Hey, we want to have you in our 2021 GPS class, which is Nashville up and coming unsigned singer songwriters. Um, because they, we're like, we think that, you know, that was this one of the songs that helped me move into that crew, but also I think kind of believe in my voice because that came from that and some other people that ha had been willing to put their name on the line to send that song to them. And, um, you know, people were like, this is so honest. This is so authentic. And it made me go, wow, the one song that I never was going to show anybody was the song that people connected to the most and it didn't matter that it was specific and you know I talk about a lot of different things in that song that you wouldn't just necessarily like there's specific things that not everybody would relate to but everybody can relate to this idea of I have these things in myself about myself and my head that I keep to myself you know and seeing that work and the song serving itself made me go wow i've been thinking way too hard about this so i'm really proud of that um and it made me want to and i'm still learning how to do this but just get the hell out of my own way and so i think the lessons that i learned from that song make me the most proud of it ah oh, wait what's the name of the song it's called tell you everything oh. i thought about sending it actually but i think my producer, I might get a little bit in trouble. So I, <laughs> I uh, we're going to start probably leaking it on TikTok this week or next. Um, and then 
just kind of see what happens and just put it out. And that's kind of what I'm at this point. I'm like, just let's just throw things out in the universe and see what happens. And no matter what happens, I'm just writing what I want to write. And that's got to be okay. Yes. Again, I love your perspective. Thank you. Yes. You're just, you seem so wise beyond your years. And um, (laughs) no, truly. And I just, that's so beautiful. I love that that happened for that song and for you. And um, I'm so excited to hear it. So Thank you. I'm going to follow I'm you so on TikTok. Put it out. <laughs> yes. I haven't really dug into it. I've got a lot of friends who, you know, signed their record deals off of TikTok. And I'm like, okay, hmm. I dealt with a lot of sickness during um, COVID and the pandemic and like the height of all that. And I think I just kind of took the time to reset and I needed that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like, oh shoot, like I feel like I blinked and there's a whole new thing out there. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I got to get in with the kids now. I got a 13 year old sister who knows all about it. And I'm going, Abby, how? I don't understand. What is this thing? This tick, tick thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like your grandma. So finally trying to get with the times a little bit you know get on the train while it's still moving it's so there's it. so many things to be on i'm you have to get on so many trains oh, and all yeah. just <laughs> it's grand central yeah. station of it here yeah it's so I am going to new york this weekend <laughs> yes get on those trains yeah <laughs> i love it um so this question is a bit of a heavy hitter um what goals do you have for your career in the next five years Mm. that is and it's okay to have no goals i just want to make that clear so true that's that's a good point and our listeners because i'm like sitting there reading that question i'm like if i got asked that i would say fuck off i'm not answering (laughs) yeah i think i mean i i do have a clear-cut set of like a checklist in my head of goals, but I think the more overarching themes are probably the more important and the actual answer of the question. Um, Because it's changed a little bit in the last even six months because um, Mm. I, without getting, you know, too crazy, I just have had a lot of things that have really changed my perspective on life and I've seen some of my friends also start to hate this job Mm. because they are so stressed about it all the time. And I don't ever want to lose my love for the art of songwriting and craftsmanship of sound and all of that. That is what I grew up appreciating. Um, So I guess my biggest goal would be to find more new ways to love it and not lose the spark that I found when I was eight years old, you know? Um, but also I would love to see, I would love to succeed by standards too of, you know, I think I want a publishing deal. Most days I do. (laughs) I want, I'll tell you this. I want the right publishing deal. Yeah. Or I want to be in as many of those rooms as I can while owning my own publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want a record deal. I think I'm not to the point where I'm chasing that right now. That will probably be another year or two down the line. I have some life things I'm going to figure out first. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. above all that too, I just, my goal is to just let it all happen in the way that 
makes me happy and I, you know, right now I'm lucky enough that I can pay my bills doing this and put music out. And I never thought I'd even get to that place, you know, growing up. Yeah. I wrote a letter to myself. We Do you remember, Caroline, we had to write those letters to ourselves in like eighth grade, ninth grade? Yep. And I, I read don't think mine. I ever got mine. You never got yours back? Oh, maybe your mom's hiding it somewhere. Either you think, maybe she read it and was like, oh God, she doesn't need to see this. <laughs> Oh my God. I love you, mom. No, I don't, either I was sick that day because I've had this conversation oh, with other people that have gotten their letters. So either I was sick that day or it didn't come to me or, you know, if, if it wasn't meant to happen, it wasn't meant to happen. Maybe, maybe I'll get, get it in 10 more years. years. Yes. Yeah. Maybe really in 10 more do. years, they'll find me. I have moved a lot. So that could be also why I haven't received it. Do you not remember writing it? I don't really remember writing it then maybe you were sick that day. I think my memory is so poor that I can barely remember yesterday. So <laughs> remembering eighth grade is kind of traumatic. Uh, literally, that I is remember, I remember trauma points and that's about it. <laughs> Gee, that's funny. My brain is the exact opposite. I remember all the dumb shit, but I don't remember any of the trauma. Hey. <laughs> oh, block that out. All right. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Oh man. I just remember, I remember writing those and I got mine and moved down here, whatever. And I had written in that letter, I want to write songs for Black River Publishing, which is Kelsey Ballerini was their big, mm. uh, but that was their big claim at the time. And Josh Kerr, and I mean, some of my favorite writers over there. And, um, and I wanted to play the song Suffragette round at the listening room. Cause I grew up watching those online and, uh, I remember having this moment where it was a Friday I wrote at Black River and the Monday after that I made my song Suffragette debut. Oh and my I god. Like, Holy crap. Now what? Like I didn't <laughs> that was to me that was the ceiling. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever get to do that and now I think I'm going okay. That was, you know, this past year where I'm going, wow. I think I've really always thought that was going to be as high as I can go. And now I'm kind of like, all right, I need, I need a, a new letter. <laughs> yes. You should write yourself a letter. That's a good idea. Now I think I might do that. You should yeah. do it too. We'll mail them to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you can hide it from me. Yes. Like my mom. I'm just kidding. I don't think she actually did that. That would be Caroline's mom. Though. If you were watching, uh, <laughs> if you're watching Lisa, Lisa, it's Lisa's birthday today as we're recording. Oh my god, happy, happy birthday. birthday to Lisa! Wow. I know. Oh, we love her. Oh, she's... Um, we've come to the final question. Oh boy, lay it on me. I feel Ooh. like this has gone so fast because I've just been absorbing everything you're saying. I hope I'm not talking your ear off too much. No, I think it I always it. feels like such a conversation that I'm like, oh my God, I'm not answer. I'm not asking any questions. And I forget <laughs> sometimes that that's the point, but it just still feels funny. I'm like, what's going yeah, you're on? like, wait, wait, this I'm is like, all about me. What? I don't like this. <laughs> I'm uncomfy. <laughs> <laughs> so our final question is, why do you write songs? Oh, because I can't not. Mm -hmm. Honest to God, if if there was <laughs> if there was any way around it, I think I would have picked anything else to do. I definitely <laughs> would not have 
moved 500 miles away from home and dropped out of college if mm -hmm. I didn't know that this is what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I've been doing it now more than half my life and professionally for the last couple of years um, in, as a full-time artist, songwriter, um, but I can't see it any other way and I wouldn't want it any other way, even on the hardest day. I'm still so grateful to get to do this because the kid in that, that wrote that letter would be absolutely losing her shit. <laughs> some of this stuff, you know, and sometimes I think I, it's uh, honestly imposter syndrome is a huge thing. I know I deal with that all the time. I'm sure you guys do too. Like everybody mm. does. Anybody in this industry does. Oh, yeah. I think mm. the only reason that it almost, I'm so such a stubborn little, hmm that sometimes <laughs> I will do that. I, sometimes what keeps me going is how much spite I feel for imposter syndrome. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. oh, I'm going to do it just to show them and myself who's them. I don't know that I can. <laughs> so, and just cause I love it and I love country mm. music and I love telling stories and I love making somebody feel like, oh, making everybody feel like somebody, you know, and, I think that's the way that I know how to do it and I'm never going to stop doing it. They can try even if I, I would rather live in my car and get to write songs that mean something then. And luckily I don't, but if it ever happens, you know, I, before I threw the towel in, I would, I, I'll, I won't ever throw the towel in. No, no, you better not. We'll no. be disappointed. And I then this it. podcast episode won't make any sense. So you oh, have to. <laughs> Who's that girl with the bells on her shirt? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, we are rooting for you. I mean, I am so proud of you. I know Megan you. just met you, but they are also proud of you. So. so proud. Like just this podcast and how you've spoken about um, all these different topics and the way you carry yourself and like the music that you've shared with us that we're going to be playing at the end of this episode. So beautiful. I'm so lucky to have met you. This is amazing. Like Thank congrats you. on all of your successes. And I, I hope to see so many more. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And it's been yeah. great to meet you and Caroline, you know, I love you have for 10 years now. So <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with me. So glad that you live in Nashville and I hope we get to lighten our schedules at some point yeah. more of each other. We're right. horrible. We're definitely We're... in that, uh, in the starving artist kind of phase of life right now where it's mm -hmm. busy, 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 but it's mm -hmm. okay. You know, yes. enjoying every second of it. And Hopefully someday down the line, we'll be able to uh, write songs in the morning and drink margaritas in the afternoon together for hours. Ooh, <laughs> yes. <yeah>. Ideal <laughs> day. Ideal. So, ideal. So what song did you pick for our listeners to close the episode? Um, I picked one that I have not really leaked or anything like that yet. It's called Just Miss You. Um, and I wrote it with a couple friends here in town. Uh, the demo, it's just a demo so far but we want to put it out sometime this year and i like just how there's very specific details in it but it's just a broad i mean the idea is I just miss you like the idea of um not wanting somebody back but still missing them mm. um, was something i was really going through at the time we wrote this song 
So I was like, well, if we're going to make it sad girl, can it be sad girl banger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I think this song is just kind of fun. It gets stuck in my head sometimes. So I don't know. I just like it. Still go to that same dive. We'd hit every Wednesday. Hoping you'll be there. It still feels like our place. Every time I show up, you're gone too soon. And I just miss you. Deleted your number, but it's memorized. Picked a few new pillows to fill the empty side. Got rid of those pictures, sip one or two. Cause I just miss you. Hit it like I want you back, but boy, you mess me up. I just can't help but get back, back on the way it was. Is it twisting the sound Nostalgia 